Hi, I'm Jack Griffin. And I'm David Peters. Welcome to Gap Chat, where we interview our fellow gappers about how they are taking charge of their year. Today we're here with Harold Pyun, our future classmate of Harvard 2025. Hey Harold. Hi, how are you guys? I'm excited to talk to you guys today. I'm stuck in a government-mandated quarantine facility right now, so it's kind of kind of boring. So <laughs> excited to get to talk to you guys today. Well, we're we're happy to to break your boredom. Can you tell us more about that? Why are you in a government quarantine facility? Of course. So right now I'm living in Taiwan. Well, I'm I just moved to Taiwan and I'm doing this program to learn Chinese called NSLIY. Um, it's a federally funded program, so it's a great opportunity for anyone looking to take a gap year or even high schoolers. They offer full scholarship for high school students to study abroad, and you can either do a summer program or a year-long program. And right now, I'm doing a year-long program to study Chinese, which started back in August, which was when I was supposed to leave, but obviously COVID <laughs> happened. So I've been taking online classes from August till December, but I finally got to move here in. February after being postponed like four times, so it's a great opportunity. I'm really grateful to be here, and I have to go into quarantine for 14 slash 21 days because they've handled COVID really, really well here. They basically have no local transmission, so the government has a really strict quarantine protocol where you have to be stuck inside a hotel room for 14 days, and after that, you have seven days of sort of an in-home quarantine. They call it a watch period, I think, where you. It's not a full quarantine. You can go out exercise. You can, you honestly can't do very much. Just like go out and exercise, <laughs> but you can't take public transportation or go eat anywhere. It's basically just 21 days of quarantine. But I'll be living with a host family in the coming days, so that's fun. But I still have like nine days left in this hotel room. And I went to China in 2018 with the same program. So honestly, a great opportunity. You know, being from Puerto Rico, which is where I'm from, there's not really many opportunities to study Chinese and at It's something I've always wanted to do. So, you know, language immersion really is the best way to study a language. So, yeah, yeah, that's why I decided to go for this for this gap year program. I like decided I wanted to take a gap year when I was like in my sophomore year. It wasn't like <laughs> I know COVID really sparked a lot of gap years, but I'm really glad it did. So, I think we should normalize gap years and make them a more common occurrence. Um, I think you learn so much from real world experience, and it teaches you so much about adaptability, flexibility, and just being an adult. I guess so. I'm really glad to be here, and yeah, that's what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> studying Chinese when I get out of here up until June. That's fantastic. Have you met your host family yet? Yeah, actually, I FaceTimed them, and I they sent me gifts to my hotel room, which is super nice of them. <laughs> that's But so sweet. I have a a host mom, a host dad, and two little host siblings. Well, one of them like one of them's like a high school student, so not so little. <laughs> I think he's like. Five inches taller than me because <laughs> I'm five six, so I'm pretty short. Uh, but I also have like a eight year old little host sister, so I'm really excited to get to meet them. My Chinese abilities are like not good, so I think I am going to be able to talk with the eight year old a lot. <laughs> I think we might have similar. I think I probably have the vocabulary of like a five year old, so we can probably relate. But <laughs> I, I'm excited to get to live with them for for the next few months. Well, I guess uh, before we dive more into all the incredible stuff you've done and are doing on your gap year, do you want to flesh out for our audience some, um, you know, your background? You touched on that you were from Puerto Rico. Can you talk about what it was like growing up? Of course. So 
I'm from San Juan, Puerto Rico, the island's capital. Puerto Rico is a small territory of the United States. I'm, I mean, I would assume most people listening to this podcast are familiar with it, but there are statistics that around 70% of U.S. citizens don't know that Puerto Ricans are also U.S. citizens. So, you know, Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens. We, even though we don't get to vote, we are taxed and we are citizens and we have U.S. passports. So, yeah, Puerto Rico was my hometown. I think Puerto Rico is, it makes me feel, it's a great mix of Latin America and the United States in terms of culture. Um, Religion is a really big thing there. So I think a large percentage of the population is Catholic as we were colonized by the Spanish. So I went to a Catholic high school, a pretty small Catholic high school. I, growing up, I was really active in my school community. I did a lot of community service. I did missionary trips. I was student body president. And I honestly loved my high school experience. Like I know a lot of people are like, oh, high school, don't take me back. (laughs) But I think high school was a blast. And I loved growing up in Puerto Rico, like wouldn't change it for the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's obviously very different to Boston. So that transition is kind of intimidating. You know, the weather, oh my God, like (laughs) anything below 75 degrees, I'm like thick coat, like ski coat. I can't, (laughs) but... I think it should be fun, pretty, pretty fun at Harvard. And that was basically my experience going up. So Harold, how did you de- decide so early that you um, wanted to take a gap year? Because I think you might be the first person we've interviewed who like was, was sounds like you knew you wanted to take a gap year before COVID was even, anyone even knew about it. Yeah. So I petitioned for my gap year really early and the program I applied for, for a gap year, I think their deadline is October to apply. So, you know, before COVID was even in anyone's mind, but NSLIY, the scholarship I received in 2018 to study Chinese in China in for a summer really changed how I see the world. I had never been outside of the, outside of America and going all the way to China was such a huge culture shock for me, but I was like, wow, this is so amazing. Like two months were not enough. I need to do this for a year. So I was always like, okay, I'll reapply, hopefully get the scholarship again, and I'll be able to study in China for a year. I ended up getting Taiwan, which I'm so grateful for. Um, I think Taiwan is such an amazing place. I, I did that program and I was like, okay, I need to do this again. I am going to apply for a gap year. And if I didn't get it, I probably would have traveled independently, which is sort of what I ended up doing in my first half of my gap year. But I think COVID obviously changed everything up. I'm someone who's always had a plan. I had like an internship lined up for the past, for the last summer. I was like, I'm doing my gap year and I have another internship in my next summer. Like I had every month of my gap year planned out. (laughs) And I think if COVID has taught me anything, it's that you need to be flexible. I think I might have not been the most flexible person before this whole experience. I've always been like plan, 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 plan. And something fails according to my plan. I'm like, if if something doesn't go according to plan, I kind of get really stressed out, but that's definitely a thing of the past. I think, you know, I was postponed, my departure to Taiwan was postponed literally four times. Uh, I've learned a lot on, on how to be flexible, but I knew why I wanted to take a gap year since I did that scholarship. I was like, I, I, I want to take a gap year. I want to travel. I think traveling on other people's time is something that I might not be able to do for a, a large, for the rest of my life. So I definitely want to take advantage of these opportunities. And I didn't feel rushed to get to college. I want to, like, when else am I going to get the chance to to go somewhere and study Chinese full time and devote 
all my attention to that. When else am I going to get the chance to travel with other people my age and explore a city and be in a place that's so, so different and so new? So, you know, what difference does it make if I graduate college when I'm 22 or when I'm 23? I should really enjoy this experience. So I think I knew I always wanted to take a gap year because I analyzed that. But hopefully COVID will see the number of gap years go up. I think it's such a great thing. Like I have learned so much so far, you know, having being more flexible, being one of the main lessons you could say I've learned. What did you do in the first half of your gap year? In the first half of my gap year, I took a road trip with other kids who are also taking gap year from Harvard. Um, it was six of us. So shout out to them if any of them are listening. Uh, <laughs> we we got along really well. It was a really amazing experience. And we basically drove from Connecticut to Washington, like Washington State. So all the way and then back. Wow. It was like two months, I believe. But we were just d- visiting national parks, visiting different cities along the way. And we definitely had our ups and downs. You know, it was a very very much a learning experience. I had never really traveled so extensively throughout the U.S. So it was great to get to know people from around the U.S. And I definitely learned a lot from that experience. You know, you could say like, oh, just a road trip. Like, what can you learn from that? Actually a lot. I think I learned how to get along with a group of six people living together 24-7. You know, in college, you'll have roommates and you'll have uh, right. friends who you hang out with often, but 24 seven, it's really intense. So <laughs> I think getting to know each other and getting comfortable with each other was a really interesting experience, especially because they're so different from everyone who I'd known in my life. I think Puerto Rico has a really homogenous population, even though it's all Hispanic and all a minority, you could say it's definitely pretty homogenous. Everyone I knew is Hispanic. Everyone I knew was Catholic. Most people go to Catholic school back home. So getting to know such a group of diverse people, we're such a diverse group, um, definitely taught me how to interact with diverse perspectives and showed me how diverse the U.S. really is and how diverse of a group of people I find at Harvard, which was also really interesting to see. And we also learned about just like adulting, like we were living on our own. We had to go to the supermarket, budget things out. Our car broke down in the middle of Yellowstone, like literally set on fire, broke down, disaster, smoke all everywhere, um, which was such a traumatic situation. Like I remember us just in the middle of Yellowstone National Park with no service, like two hours into the park and our car just like decided to explode. And we were like, oh, like, what are we going to do now? And we ended up like, Uh, We had a satellite phone and it wouldn't work. We had to like stop people going down the road and be like, hey, like, can you help us? And the park rangers ended up coming and helping us. But the car's engine literally exploded. So we were stuck in Cody, Wyoming, like this small, small town for like two weeks while they fixed our car. (laughs) And that also taught me so much about flexibility and adaptability. You know, we had our whole schedule planned out. We had to obviously our car broke down change everything. And, you know, I think it was a great experience though, overall. Nice. That's great. Where was your favorite place on the trip? Ooh. I think I'm more of a, well, I'm not a very outdoorsy person, which, you know, you might be like, oh, then why did you go on a road trip? Well, I like (laughs) trying new things. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to test myself Mm -hmm. uh, and explore nature. That's one of the things I wanted to do in my gap year, but I'm very much like a city person So 
I think my favorite place might have either been Seattle or New York City. You know, New York City is great. Being in New York City was great. I spent like some time there. And also actually Salt Lake City, Utah surprised me. We got to go into the Mormon headquarters. I don't know if that's what you call them. So we got to go there and, you know, there's a lot of missionaries walking around and they literally talk to you and talk to you about the, the church's history and everything. So it was really interesting getting to see that, you know, I think back home, religiously, it's quite a homogenous population. So meeting those different people, it's, it, it's literally people from all over the world um, and getting to talk to them. That was also a pretty interesting experience, I would say. I kind of want to get back a little more to your to what you're doing now, the gap year and learning Chinese. What drove you to want? To, uh, what drove you to initially join that program sophomore year and begin immersing yourself in learning the language of Mandarin? If I'm being really honest, I was like, "Ooh, a free trip to China! That's like that sounds awesome." <laughs> so I just applied and was like, "Oh, I got it! Like great!" But it really sparked a love for learning languages in me. Like I can, I can say comfortably, like I've told this to other people that my motive at first for applying for the program was kind of maybe not as oriented towards language learning, which is the goal of the program, but it definitely sparked that love for language learning in me. Like Mm -hmm. after being there, I was like, wow, language is such a powerful tool. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so, it's so meaningful to be able to communicate with people from other cultures and I, well, I think I want to be a doctor. uh, And I think oftentimes there's certain communities that are underserved in medicine, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think language barriers are one of the aspects of our society that sort of will never go away. You know, technology can try to minimize or mitigate their impact, but it's sort of something that's always there. You know, it's never the same thing talking to a person in their same language than talking to a translator. You kind of lose a lot. So, you know, back home, after coming back from my program, I got to serve as a medical translator for doctors that came from the U.S. or from other countries, from English to Spanish. And I was like, wow, like this is like, I'm so glad I'm getting to do this. But, you know, so much gets lost in communication. So I was like, I do want to keep learning languages. I want to be able to talk and communicate freely with as many people as I can. And Chinese, Spanish, and English are the three most spoken languages in the world. So I was like, oh, <laughs> like, guess I'll start with Chinese. And I already knew English and Spanish. So then I'll be able to communicate with a good part of the world. And I think languages are something that's a great investment of your time to learn. I know a lot of people took quarantine to learn a new language. And I feel like that's something that I want to keep doing with my time. I feel like it's a great use of time. So Harold, you mentioned that you're going to be taking three hours of classes as part of this program. Is there anything else that you do um, to further invest yourself in the culture, the language, or some other dynamic? Yeah, so I live with a host family 24-7, so that's definitely kind of a huge immersion. You know, I also lived with a host family when I was in China, and you learn so much from them, not only language-wise, you know, the host families often can't speak much English or are explicitly told not to speak in English to you. So mm-hmm. it's kind of either you learn Chinese or you learn Chinese. If not, like <laughs> you can't communicate. So we also have cultural lessons, which we've been having even online. Like we will have like calligraphy class or we'll learn about a certain aspect of, of Taiwanese history or 
you know, just a culture lesson. And we also have a, assigned by our college peer language partners, they're called, that talk to us once a week for an hour. We have like a one-on-one session on with them. And we've been doing that online. And it's really fun. You know, we get to talk to them about just like their life. And they're also young people. So it's like a friendly conversation, not as formal, not as scripted. I think NSLIY is such a great program. Like I will hype it up everywhere. I think I kind of talked too much about it to everyone I made. I'm like, oh, like you should apply to this program. Every high schooler I meet. Um, <laughs> so if you're thinking about taking a gap year, I definitely recommend it. It's literally the most amazing program, the most amazing opportunity. Like the staff were all great. They really, even with COVID, they were really flexible and really adaptable and really did their best to get us to Taiwan. That's fantastic. Yes. Is there any advice you have for people who are right now thinking about whether they want to take a gap year in 2021? Yeah, I think the most important factor you should consider when taking a gap year is address your fears and address your concerns. You know, I made a pros and cons list. I made pros and cons list for every college I got into when <laughs> I was deciding which college to go to. And I think it's a great resource. So I was like, pros and cons. Do I take a gap year or do I not? Even though I was kind of decided, I was like, okay, I should still analyze this decision with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest con, my biggest concern was getting lonely, seeing all my friends in college and me just being like in my house. But I think it's really important. My greatest piece of advice, my biggest piece of advice is to get in touch with other people taking a gap year or even people who have already taken a gap year Mm -hmm. and talk to them. You know, they might be feeling the same things you are and you'll find that it's a really amazing community. I think the people who I talk to who are on gap years have always been so interested to hear what you're doing. And if you don't have plans, you know, there's also people who don't have plans and you guys can bond over not having any plans and maybe plan something together. Uh, so I think that's my biggest piece of advice. Get connected to the community. You won't feel lonely. You just have to make that effort to reach out. I'm sure any college will have like a Facebook group, a group me. I think becoming part of that community can really help you and is, is really important to have that experience be as fulfilling as possible. Harold, thanks so much for coming on the show. Of course, it was great talking to you guys. And thank you for listening to Gap Chat. This episode was made possible by Sally Seashells, a seashell-selling seashore shell company. But in all seriousness, we really appreciate you listening to our podcast. We hope that it has been helpful to those considering taking a leap of faith into a gap year and entertaining for those who just want to learn more about how our friends have been taking charge of their year. This is the final episode of Gap Chat Season 1, and we thoroughly enjoyed meeting each and every one of our guests. We can't wait to chat with more incredible gappers in Season 2. Until then, I'm Jack Griffin. And I'm David Peters. And we'll see you next time.